This is Kevin Brooker, and we are cruising through retirement. You know, there are many kinds of risks when it comes to retirement planning, uh, from longevity risk to healthcare cost risk. We're going to break them down and highlight a few ways that you guys can avoid them. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Going to be a fun show today. Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an independent uh, investment advisor representative with Silverleaf Financial. Better than 30 years in the biz. And now I can safely say and uh, with glee say he's an author. The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. The book is about ready to uh, hit the street, as they say. It is. It is. It is. Thank, thank you very much, Steve. I appreciate that. Yeah. Is, By the uh, way, oh, hi, how are you? Sorry, we got all excited about your book, man. <laughs> hey, no problem, no problem at all. You know what? It, it, it's great to be here, and I'm pretty excited about it, too. It's been a long time we've been working on this thing. I know anybody that's listened to the show, I've, I've talked about it a few times before. And uh, we hit a few snags along the way, but we've got it done. It's, uh, it's official. It's ready, ready to ship. So uh, we're going to talk about it more throughout the show today. Uh, and guys, if there's anybody that's interested... Uh, I'm happy to give give these out free of charge, you know, to the first, let's say, 20 people that uh, that reply or that request one. So, okay, cool. Um, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you guys an example. You know, a lot of folks have money put away in, in annuity contracts, for instance, that have a big tax bill built into them. And I'm going to give you guys some ideas about how we can turn that into something that's tax free uh, and to get your long term care benefits along the way, too. Sure. All right. Great. And again, as we dig into this, you were talking about, um, you know, risks in retirement and the, the different kinds of risk. And this kind of ties into your book with the Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Uh, it's a mouthful, but boy, that means a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but you talk about, you know, we talk about longevity risk, which is, I mean, that's a reality that a lot of us are going to have to face. It is. There's no question about it, you know. And and my father is always the example that I, that I mentioned because, uh, he never thought that he was going to outlive my mother, first of all. Um, she passed away at the age of 77, and that was in 05. And then he lived another 12 years afterwards, and he passed away at 93. And what 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 made it possible for my parents to have a, a comfortable retirement was his pension plan and the, and the medical and health care benefits that came along with him being a member of a union, Local 150, for any construction folks out there. Sure. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, a lot of times people bash the unions or have whatever opinion it is that they, they want to have. But I'll tell you what, seeing the benefits that were derived from being in that union meant that he had fantastic medical insurance. And even, you know, my mother had a, had a brain tumor and was in and out of medical care in the hospitals for, for quite a while. And uh, her hospital bills would have been probably half a million dollars if it wasn't for that insurance. But because of it, he, he wound up paying very, very little. I think it was less than five grand. Wow. And, uh, and because of the pension plan, the pension plan that he had, along with Social Security, gave them the income to live in retirement. They were never wealthy. You know? They never had a, you know, a much of a portfolio, let's say. Um, but they had income. They had cash flow. And so that helped my father deal with longevity risk, with, you know, outliving, with not, you know, living too long 
that your money doesn't keep up with how long you live. Sure. And that's the goal. And that's one of the things that you can do to help folks get there. But it is it's it doesn't happen by accident. No, it, it really it really doesn't. Like many things, you know, with regard to finances, right? They're pretty much deliberate, intentional acts that that you know re- that are required before somebody can really be very successful, in my view. Um, you know, unless you're you're like some people that have inherited millions and millions of dollars, I guess. Um, but for the rest of us, we, we have to plan. We have to figure it out. And and one of the things about longevity risk, uh, what comes along with that is long term care and the need for cash flow, right? Because if you find yourself you know, living well into your 80s and into your 90s and uh, past 100, potentially, right? We've got people every day turning 100. Uh, and I think the the oldest woman passed, yeah, what, she was 113 or 114 or something? Yeah, that just happened. Yeah, just recently, right? Yeah, In the last right. few weeks? Yeah. And I'm saying, and I, and I thought, I, I immediately, see the way that I'm wired, I saw that and I said, holy cow. I said, I said am I going to have enough money if I, if I live to 113? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and, and and to be perfectly honest, I don't know that I really want to, but uh, you know, it's uh, I, I don't know that it's our choice either. It could so, happen. You know, it could happen, and and get and believe me, all of all of us, I'm sure, would agree that if there's one thing that you don't want to happen, if you're you you should live to the ripe old age, uh, you don't want to run out of money, and you don't want to be a ner- in need of some sort of nursing care that you can't afford, or or have it have to sacrifice, you know, because. And have to sacrifice another asset or something. Um, for instance, in the case of my father, I was just talking about him. Uh, I mentioned he didn't have a lot of money put away, and he did not have long-term care insurance, even though myself and my brother always tried to get him to purchase it. Um, my brother was an insurance agent, by the way. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> nudge, so, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I just so you know. Um, but what 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 wound up happening was that we wound up having to liquidate and sell all of his assets. Uh, he, he did get into a nursing facility, I want to say around the age of 90. And after he did the, I mean, it's cliche, he fell in the, he didn't want to wait for the snow service removal, the removal service, you know, the snow plow, the guys sure. that you hire to come out and shovel out your driveway. He didn't want to wait for them. So he decided to shovel the driveway himself at, when he's living alone at the age of 90 and, and, uh, falls on the driveway, slips, breaks his heat, his knee and his hip. Ouch. Uh, and luckily, this was like four o'clock in the afternoon, so in Illinois, so it was still a little bit light out. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he could have frozen to death on the driveway overnight because nobody might have seen him. Luckily, the neighbor saw him, called the pair, you know, called nine one one, and he was okay. But that was the end of my father living alone. And then we had to put him into a facility uh, that, at that time, started off at about three thousand a month just for basic, you know, assisted living. And then you go up into a higher level where you need more care. And that also increases the price, right? Right. So then you're up to like 4,500. And then finally, in like the last year or two, year, year and a half, maybe, uh, he was in hospice. He went into hospice care um, and memory care, they call it. The memory care units where you've got the, co- the combination locks on the doors. Sure. Well, uh, that's even you, more expensive. That was 6000 a month. And, and so during this process, uh, we wound up having to liquidate. We sold his house. We sold his car. We sold everything um, in order to pay for his care because we wanted the the... the of course, we wanted to get him the best care possible, and we got him into a brand, you know, a brand new facility in, uh, I think it's Aurora, Illinois. Uh, it was a beautiful place, but it was six thousand dollars a month. And and the truth of the matter is that, and I, I I hate to say that we anybody got lucky in this situation, but um, he he had enough money to pay all of his bills, um, but almost if he'd have lived another seven or eight months, we we my my me and my brothers would have been paying for the care. Yeah. 
because he'd have been done, he'd have been depleted. Uh, so the, the lesson in all of this to me is, is obviously we don't know if we're going to need long-term care. None of, nobody wants to think, you know, that they're going to need it, uh, you know, but the statistics show that a lot of us will. And so I think it's important to find ways to cover that expense that don't require that you have to sell your house. That's my point that I'm trying to make here, that you've got to replace another asset, you know, um, because it, let's say you're still you're, you're married. Right. And your spouse needs someplace to live and you might not have the option of selling your house. Right. Right. And it just makes it makes for very tough decisions. So if you're able to, you know, if you're somebody that's got, you know, let's say at least a half a million dollar portfolio, then I can help you find ways and we can show you ways that we can reallocate those assets to give you the money for long term care. Uh, without having to give it up and take on an insurance policy that you might never benefit from. So so there are definitely things that you guys can do. And it's important to take a look at those options, evaluate it, and then you know make a decision whether or not it's right for you. Sure. And those are the kinds of things that, I mean, you have those discussions with people. I mean, that's part of your overall planning process, isn't it? It, it is. It, come, it, it is definitely part of the process. And, and, it, and process is a great word for it because there's so many topics and so many issues that we have to dive into you know, we can't, we certainly don't want to do it in a day or two, or it'd be like a, you know, 15 hour meeting, um, you, you know, and, and it wouldn't be of much value because it'd be just too much content. So it's part of the process. You know, I, I always like to start off, um, you know, we have, we, we want to start off, of course, figuring out how much risk somebody wants to take and, and how much cash flow they're going to need. I like to start off taking care of income first. Uh, as part of longevity, you're also going to need additional sources of income as you get older. Uh, if anybody's relying on Social Security for their retirement, then they've seen their buying power continue to go down over time because the Social, social Security adjustments uh, that they call, you know, cost of living adjustments, they don't truly keep up with, with a retired person's cost of living. And there's a, there's a lot of different reasons for it, but, but that's the truth. You can, do the, you can do the research, go back and look and see how much, you know, that Social Security check got somebody 20 or 30 years ago versus what it gets now. And, and it's not keeping up. So my point, my point is that we all know Social Security is probably not a good, it's not a good idea to rely on that solely for your income in retirement. I'm going to tell you, I, I, that should only happen if you have no other choice. If everything else just didn't work out for you and you've got to go that route, then so be it. Uh, but if there's absolutely anything in your power to avoid being in that situation, you really owe it to yourself and your family to, to, to figure it out. And we can help you do that. And again, it starts with a phone call. If you'd like, folks, uh, just give Kevin a call. It's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. And just have that conversation because that's how it starts. And and whether you have a plan or, or maybe you've had a plan for years, it's time to have another set of eyes take a peek at that. The landscape has changed. No question about it. Uh, you, you know, one thing that one of the risks that all of us face, not just as you get into retirement, but one of the risks is inflation, right? Oh yeah. And uh, there's certainly and, a lot of talk about that these days. Oh my gosh! If you, I don't, well, I don't know if you've gone out to many restaurants lately, but me and my wife just started going back out to restaurants in the last, you know, couple of months since we since we've both gotten vaccinated. Right. Um, and and I'm just, you know, I maybe I'm just maybe I'm just getting old. I guess I don't know. But I couldn't. I see the, a glass of wine for fifteen bucks. Yeah. I'm like. Wait a second. I said, I said, this is just your house wine, right? Oh yeah, that's our house wine. So the love that, right? The cheapest glass of wine, 15 bucks. You can spend 20, 25 or 30 if you want to. If you um, want to. But I'm like, I'm like, that, holy cow. And, uh, you know, and, and everything just seems like the prices went up so much. Um, and, and, and I've, like I said, I'm always asking myself, is it me? I'm just getting, you know, I'm getting too old. I still remember when prices were so much lower. 
Um, but it, what it made me say is, no, wait a second. If, if the cost of going out has jumped so much in the last year, I mean, I don't care. We, we can discuss the reasons if anybody wants to. But but for this conversation, it doesn't matter why. No. All that matters, does it? I mean, no, it doesn't be, matter. Because what I'm getting at is that anybody that's looking to retirement, you're probably planning on going out for meals, right? Well, I would hope so. And, right? And the because cost that's, is just. That's, that's the fun part of retirement. Right? That's the fun part, right? You, I mean, whoever did the cooking probably wants a break from it, probably doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, and so you're probably going to be going out a lot more. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, holy cow, if these prices have jumped, what, 20%? I think restaurant prices are up like 20, 25% in the last year. Um, just like rental car prices. If you want to take a vacation, look at a rental car. You can't even get a compact car for a hundred bucks a day. Now. I know I've right? checked. <laughs> so, so these are things people, right? These, <laughs> I know I was shocked. These are things people want to do when you retire, right? You want to travel. Maybe you need to rent a car. You want to go out to lunch. You want to go out to dinner. Guys, these costs have jumped dramatically. And I'm saying, all right, does that mean whatever I was planning for my retirement nest egg, just in this one year, it jumped 20%. So does that mean I need another 20% for my retirement nest egg? Or do I need a whole heck of a lot more because this is just one year? Who knows what it's going to do in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, right? That's right. So, so, so you know what, guys? You know what the, the moral and the bottom line I'm getting at? It scared the heck out of me. This jump in prices, if you've seen lumber prices, they've gone through the roof. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, no pun, no pun. Hundreds <laughs> of percents. I mean, you know, like a thousand percent I've seen in some cases. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely uh, it, it's unbelievable, and and so there's a lot of reasons for it. But my point is, um, it, you need to be you, you need to stay continue being diligent about the money that you're putting away and the money that you're saving in your retirement plan. Uh, I know as somebody that's you know been working for thirty years plus now, um, some sometimes I feel like there's fatigue. You know, I feel like people are just you know what I'm, I'm just tired of doing this. I've been doing it for so long. Can I just relax and spend my money? And uh, and, and as much as we want to, we have to try not to, um, you know, and then you're, you're going to get to a point later on in retirement when you've got to spend it down and you might not psychologically be ready to do that. So there's, there's a lot of tasks that we're faced with as we get older and a lot of risks. You've got the risk of inflation and we want to make sure we have ways to, to bring in you, ex, bring you extra income as time goes by, because we know inflation is going to bite away. It's going to chew up your purchasing power, right? right? And so we need to make sure that we have ways to increase our income to help offset inflation risk. And also that deals with longevity risk, like we talked about a minute ago, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so um, there's, there's a lot of issues we face, you know, and, and I, I don't want to go, maybe I should go one by one. One of them is sequence of returns. Well, Guys, that's another, another big deal. It's a big deal. A lot of people don't heard of it. They, some people just call it sequence risk. Um, and, and guys, what it, what it has to do with is, is if you have your money in the stock market, and you're planning on living off of that money in retirement and going into retirement, let's say your first five years of retirement, the sequence is what we're talking about. The sequence of the returns of your retirement portfolio. So let's say your first five years of retirement, the market goes down, 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 down versus the first five years going up, up, up and away. You, and, and I can show you the numbers. In the first scenario, you're probably going to run out of money in a 10, 10 to 15 years right? if you're relying on the stock market. In the second scenario, where it goes up, 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 you'll probably never run out of money. All right? But none of us know the answer to that question. And none of us know when the, timing, when the time is going to hit, right? Right. Um, you know, and, and so it's very important um, to me. What's really important is that you have enough money for your income needs. You know, you're, you're, that, we've, that we, whatever paycheck it is you're losing... And whatever we determine to be your cost of living, that includes, you know, all the travel, 
all, all the activities you want to engage in, uh, we, we need to, I want to have income that's guaranteed is my preference. My strong preference is to make sure you've got guaranteed income. And, and if you're lucky enough to have a pension, fantastic. But if you don't have a pension and all you've got is social security that's guaranteed, we all know that's questionable too, right? Right, of course. I mean, we you don't know? know what's going to happen. And, you know, you talk about guaranteed income, but guaranteed increasing income is really critical. It and, is. And you, it that's is. What, that's exactly what you said. And, and, and I tell you what, like, you know, can, can you imagine if you're, I mean, if you're banking on, you know, expenses staying relatively modest, you know, and, we, and we've been in a low inflation environment for a long time, right? Yes. So, so we haven't, I mean, personally, I don't remember seeing huge bouts of inflation really as an adult. And I'll tell you guys, I'm 56. And, you know, I know when I was in high school in the 70s, you know, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, we had horrible inflation, right? That sent yes. interest rates up to what, 15% or something. Yep. Um, well, I, well, I tell you what, it, to, to have inflation in a period of time, um, you know, when uh, if you have inflation in a period of time when you didn't anticipate it, basically what it means is that dollar is going to buy you less. Right. Right. So so you, you, if you think you can go out to lunch on seven or eight bucks and now it's 15 or 20 or whatever the number is, that's that's what we're talking about. And, and so I think it's really important that that you do have sources of income that will increase. One way that I like to do it is is setting up what I call different buckets of income. And, and we don't start them all at the same time. In other words, I stagger them kind of like if you, if you guys have heard about laddering bonds, the idea behind it is, is you invest in them at different times. They mature at different times so that you can take advantage of different interest rate environments over time. And what I like to do is ladder income products, like let's say annuities. I like to use annuities for guaranteed income because it's the only account that'll keep on paying you even after it goes to zero. No other account will do that. And so that, that is the reason why I, I personally favor annuities. Uh, and I like to stagger them. So let's say we set up five or six different accounts. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. It could be, you know, let's say 50 grand in each account. And you set up six of them. And, and so when you retire, let's say at age 70, you start one of them. And then maybe every two to three years after that, you start the other, the other annuity contract. And if we're able to put it in there and leave it alone for eight or 10 years, 50 grand will probably get you about 400 bucks a month. So, uh, so in other words, every couple of years, you could add another $400 a month to your total income in that scenario. And I think that's one way that you can att attack inflation. And I know it's a lot of numbers, a lot of information to, to listen to. Uh, my point is that there are strategies we can employ that don't require you put all of your portfolio into them, but it'll set you up so that you have guaranteed income for the rest of your life. And then we can start to tackle the other issues as well. And, and you know, one of the issues we talked about is, is you know, long-term care right. cost. Let's right? go back the to risk. the book. <laughs> there you go. Give me a, give me a call. I'll, happy to, I'll be happy to send you the book. Um, guys, if you'd like to talk to me or have any questions about it, the number is 1-800-975-6717. Again, you can call me anytime. It's 800-975-6717. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan 
that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717, or just text SILVER to 21000. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717, or text SILVER to 21000. That's SILVER to 21000. Do it today. You know, in the book, we talk about a lot of different strategies, uh, and one of them is how you can take advantage of something uh, called the Pension Pension Protection Act from maybe 11, 12, 13 years ago. Okay. Um, I believe it went, into, basically, it took effect, I believe, in 09. And so what this does, let me give you guys an example. I'm sure there's, a, I know there's a lot of people out there that have money in non-qualified annuities, Right. Yes. And a lot of people that are older have, have, have these and, and, and younger folks too, don't get me wrong. But let's say a person, you know, I'll give you an example of, uh, let's call him Jim. Jim is recently widowed. He's 70 years old. Uh, his kids don't live by him. You know, they live out of state and, and, and he's got some health issues, right? And he's got heart conditions and, and uh, diabetes. And he probably won't qualify for traditional long-term care insurance uh, because of the underwriting and because of his health status. Um, but what he does have is he's got an annuity in addition to some other investments. It's not, this is not his only asset that he has, um, but he's got an annuity with about 140,000 worth, worth 140,000 that he invested just 40,000. Okay. Okay. So, so his cost basis is 40 grand, but it's worth 140 grand. So he's got a hundred thousand dollar gain inside of this contract, right? And yeah. it's non-qualified. And that means it's like a retirement account. So when money comes out of one of these accounts, it's taxed like income. So if he takes out that hundred grand, he could pay 40, you know, 35, 40% in taxes. But considering that he, that he doesn't have any long-term care insurance, that he's got health conditions, um, and he's got concerns about what he's going to do if he needs long-term care, especially because his kids don't live nearby, right? Maybe what we do Maybe a good solution is to take that annuity and we can do what's called a 1035 exchange and we can convert it into an annuity that has long-term care benefits attached to it. And this was made legal per the IRS by the Pension Protection Act. You can exchange a regular annuity contract that does not have long-term care benefits. You can exchange them into one that does. Okay. And it's a tax-free exchange. Okay. And we're thinking about that hundred grand profit he's got built into that policy. Right. So we do it. We do a ten thirty five exchange, and now it goes into the long term care policy where he still has his hundred forty thousand dollars working and earning interest, but because it has a long term care rider, he gets an extra two hundred eighty thousand dollars if he needs long term care. And that's four twenty total. Okay. That'll have for long term care that could be used in his own home. It, you know, he could hire some nurses to come in and take care of him in his home as long as that works. It could be an assisted living facility. 
or it could be a full-blown you know, memory care unit in a nursing home. And he can take that money out tax-free. Okay. So what we did is we took 140, turned it into 420, right? For long-term care purposes. Sure. As long as the money's, as long as it's used for long-term care, like nursing, th- you know, things like that. Um, the IRS has ruled that when it's used for the right purpose in the right way, you know, there's, there are certain rules that we have to comply with. But by doing it that way, he's got long-term care money should he need it. It can all come out on a tax-free basis, and we're avoiding the tax bill on that $100,000. Wow. So to, so to me, that's a huge win-win, and the, and the family has peace of mind knowing that he's got the coverage if he needs it. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about in the book, those kinds of scenarios? That, that's it. Actually, I took that straight from the book. Yes. Wow, okay. I took that straight from the book, guys. That example is in the book. Uh, along with, you know, some flow charts and some pictures and some, di- some diagrams, Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so uh, we, we wanted to illustrate it as best we can. That's one example that might work for you. Um, but the point is, guys, there are solutions out there and, and, and I'm, I'm happy to talk to them, talk to you about them, answer any questions that you have and see, you know, I'm not saying this is or is not a fit. It, it's a potential fit, but I think it's a potential solution that could save you a lot of money on taxes and take advantage of an asset that you already have that now can provide you additional benefits should you need long-term care. If you never need it, you, 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 know, you still have that asset. You still control the asset. You haven't given it up. It's not like something you pay for and it goes away if you don't use it. You, you said it to be a key word in, in that whole little conversation was when you said a solution you're not, you're trying to find a solution and, and really solve a problem before you have it, which is how you have to deal with long-term care. It, it is, you know what, it's just like any other, it's just like any other insurance, right? You gotta, you gotta have the car insurance in place before you get in the wreck. Exactly. Right? Yes. Right. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not, you know, and, and I, I'll bet you everybody listening has car insurance uh, and I'll do. bet you a lot. And I'll bet you a lot of us haven't had an accident though in a long, long time. Right. But you still have the insurance, right? And that's something I ask myself. I have, I should maybe knock on wood or something, but uh, <laughs> I've been lucky. I haven't needed it, but I continue to purchase it every year. And because I want the peace of mind of having the coverage. And, and it's the same thing with, you know, medical insurance has gotten so expensive. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you guys that what, because I'm, you know, self-employed. It's my own company. I don't belong. I don't work for a big company that has this great deal on, you know, group health insurance. And so we have to purchase our own coverage. And it, and it is actually my, you know what? My medical insurance is, went, uh, the cost of my health insurance premiums surpassed my mortgage. Oh, wow. Four or five years ago. Wow. And, and now that's by hundreds a, That's of, a stark reality right there. Holy cow. It, by hundreds of dollars, not just like 50 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So, so it, it is very expensive. My single biz, biggest uh, expense, you know, is medical insurance. Right. And, and, but, but, it, but it's something that I choose to take because you want to avoid the risk of something catastrophic happening, right? Because anybody that pays attention to, uh, finances, you probably have heard, or you probably saw a news story or something that, um, that, that pointed out that one of the biggest causes of personal bankruptcy in the United States are medical bills. Yeah. It, which I personally think is horrible. I don't think, I don't think anybody should go bankrupt because they simply wanted to be healthy, but, but that's a whole nother discussion. Um, the point is it's a big risk. And so, you know, if you wind up having a, getting in a bad car accident or you get, a, a, if a person has a heart attack or something that puts them in the hospital and requires surgery and you have to stay there, you could easily have a half million dollar bill. 
And, and so to me, that's why we have it. And so that's how I look at long-term care insurance, because going back to the example a minute ago, the gentleman that I said could take the 140 and, and, and exchange it, not pay taxes on those gains, all right, he still has the 140 and it's still earning interest for him. So now in these days, it's not, you know, phenomenal. It's like everything else earning interest. It might be one, two, three percent. Sure. But the point, the point is it's his asset and it's still growing and he's in control. And, and so if he changes his mind, he can, you know, he, he can do that. He still has that money. It's still his money. Um, but in my view, it's much better positioned because if he, if he finds himself in need of, of nursing or care, you know, he, he, his kids are out of state. So there's nobody nearby that, that, you know, that he could rely on. So I think it's a great solution. It's a great potential solution for somebody uh, in a situation like that. Absolutely. And, and like you said, that's kind of what the book does. I, I like how you're using examples in the book that, that are pretty easy to understand and why it just makes sense. And folks, I'm talking about the book. It's called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. It's just waiting to be a bestseller, right? <laughs> there we go. We're counting the days. We're counting the days. And, uh, and, and yeah, I am, and I'm working, uh, if anybody goes to my website, my website is silverleaffinancial.com, you know, leaf like a tree. So it's silverleaffinancial. Um, and if anybody goes there, by the way, we've got a ton of content. I've got weekly market commentary, monthly commentary, weekly newsletters, all sorts of, all sorts of information, IRA blogs, uh, tons of information. If you'd like to, to, to check out the website, and I'll have the book information up there shortly. I don't have, uh, I, I confess, I don't have that done yet. Okay. Um, so that so that's why you just need to give me a call and, and we'll be happy to get you a copy. Yeah, but your website too. I mean, it's a, it's a resource for me as well because it's ever changing of, you know, of current information of things that are important to know. Yes. It, 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 and we try, we try to keep it up to date. And, and I mean, Lord knows the people in Washington like to change the rules all the time. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> you know, so... So it's, uh, you know, we, we, we try to stay on top of it. And, and in fact, that is one of the risks, guys, of retirement is political risk. Sure. All right. Sure. It is. Because if you're, you know, if you're relying on Social Security, we put that under the political risk category because, you know, depending on who's able to call the shots and, and make make the rules, I guess, you know, we never know which party that's going to be or what crazy idea is going to come out. Right. And and I think the easiest thing, the most cowardly, I would call it, thing to do is to cut benefits for everybody in order to make up for the shortfall. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm hoping that they don't go down that path. Uh, but if they do, it's going to be within the next 10 years. Um, there's a projected shortfall with Social Security in roughly 10 years of about 25%. So if they go down the path of cutting, uh, and I just bring this up for conversation, and I think it's, uh, I think it's something that you should consider and you should give serious thought. To, to your social security, you know, that your estimated benefit. And, and I would suggest that you plan to live on 25 or 30% less than that. So whatever the government, you know, you go to the website, you get my, I think it's what my SSA.gov. Yes. Um, you know, you go to the social security website and, and by the way, guys, you should go there and, and set up an account if you haven't done it and double check your earnings record. Because when I checked mine and my wife, they missed an entire year. They, they left out an entire year of income Whoops. <laughs> and, and taxes that we paid. Right. Right. <laughs> and so, and I will, and, and you know what, I'm going to give them credit because I, I, I took care of it on the phone. It was during COVID when, when this was going on. So I had to put in a phone call to them and I don't probably half an hour on hold or something. I uh, gave her all the information. I sent them the documents that they needed. And in less than a month, they actually had it fixed. 
Um, I actually gave him three months. I put it in my calendar to, to remind to remind myself, and I gave it three months, and I was very surprised. They acted pretty quickly and got wow. it corrected pretty quickly. That's good news. Yeah. So, but it's important to check it out. Make sure make sure that your earnings are accurate and they didn't miss anything because that's going to determine how much of a benefit you get. Sure. Um, but but my point is is to be aware of the shortfall and to plan just in case. You know, plan for the worst, right? You 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 hope for the best, but prepare for the worst is my view. Um, and I think that'll keep you safe if you apply that philosophy. Right. Well, and again, we were talking just before we got started here today a little bit about uh, the, the Secure Act 2.0. We'll probably talk a bit more about that next week. But it's um, but that's I mean, again, you talk about political risk. And as I gave it a cursory glance, it, it, to me, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bad in it. <laughs> but again, you never really know. Right. No, no, it's it's hard to tell until you I mean, know we get the final good version. On paper. <laughs> oh, what what I've seen what I've seen so far looks good. I just I have to wonder if that's not a little bit of marketing though. Well, you know? yeah. Well, anytime that <laughs> anytime you get a bill like that that's that's bipartisan, um, you've got to wonder. Okay, <laughs> yeah. if both sides yeah. are agreeing on this, what uh, what's what's the real story? Yeah, <laughs> what's going on behind the scenes here exactly. that all of, that yeah. you guys are all of a sudden in agreement? Yeah, because uh, you know that certainly doesn't seem to happen very often. Um, you, you know, but one of the things that I heard about, they're talking about raising the RMD to RMD uh, the age for required minimum distribution to seventy five, mm -hmm. which, which I think would be fantastic. That means you could leave your money growing tax deferred that much longer. Yeah, and. Uh, and so I, I think that would be great if they did. They're talking about phasing it in, which I, I, I'm fine with that. I think it makes perfect sense. Um, and personally, I'd like to see them make more adjustments to these programs and these ages because some of them haven't been updated. One that I would advocate for, I would love to see them lower the age of Medicare to 55 or 60, um, you know, which well, I, I think would be better. I was reading about that just today, about 60. They were th talking yeah, about you, making it at 60. You know what? I don't think there's any expert on, on, any, on either side of the issue that would disagree because, because if they lower the age – it's actually better for the actuarial tables because you're bringing in a younger, probably healthier segment of the population sure. into that pool of everyone 65 and above, right? Mm -hmm. So from an actuarial standpoint, that would lower the risk to the program. Um, the other thing I would personally love to see on, on Medicare really quickly is, guys, we should be supporting them, okay, negotiating drug prices. Why in the world uh, would any, any constituent not want Medicare be not, why are they not allowed to negotiate drug prices? It's because the pharmaceutical companies and the lobbyists for the companies that sell those drugs don't want that to happen. But I, I think it's anyway, it, it, that is a big pet peeve of me. I can't believe that the, we're the largest purchaser of drugs on the planet. Right. And we don't allow and we don't allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices on our Well, behalf. and again, we do all the R&D. I mean, everything is done here. So, I mean, you know, they're selling yeah. them everywhere. I mean, it's anyway. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm with you on that the, one. I mean, the rest of the world benefits from what we put into R and D. Exactly, but they don't. But they don't pay for it. We pay for it. We do, and they, yeah. so yeah, there's that, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry, that's just not, not right. No, it's not. It's not right at all. And and uh, you know, so uh, but hey, you know, I, I I I don't see my phone ringing quite yet that anyone's from DC is calling me. Okay, good. So. Yes. Well, hey, before we wrap <laughs> it up, uh, Kevin, I want to ask you about pure growth, if I may. Yes. Yes, pure growth. You know what? Um, pure growth, and I'll give you guys a quick a, a, a quick rundown. What what I started to do, I I, I uh, I've been following various stock screening and stock stock selection methods for my entire career, thirty years plus. And and what I followed, we all know the names of like Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and and guys like that, William O'Neill from Investors Daily that have had phenomenal success investing. Uh, and the way that they do it is they use stock screens, stock filters, which are sets of rules 
that they apply to a company. You know, it could be based on revenue or earnings or insider uh, insider purchases, any number of metrics that you can use. And and but this is what they apply to a stock, and they say, okay, is it return on equity, things like that. Okay, this stock meets all my criteria, so I'm going to buy it. And and they buy it. It's a mechanical rules based process, and the returns have been tr- tremendous. And and so what I did is I've taken these and I said, all right. I want to put these in, in real life practice. And last summer, July, middle of July, I went live where I'm doing exactly that with, with some of my customers' accounts. And I'm calling it pure growth because these are stocks that we're looking for, for, for high growth from. We're not using leverage or margin or anything like that. It's only stocks. Uh, and since middle of July of last year to now, we're up approximately 68%. And that is from me using these this methodology, which I'm calling a stock selection process. Yeah. I use that for pure growth. It's all stocks. But my point is I can use the same strategy and I use the same methodology in order to select stocks for other clients that are more conservative, where they say, you know what? I only want 10% or 15% or 20% of my money in, in growth like that. But that's the methodology that I use to pick those stocks. Sure. And, it, and it's working out very, very well. What's the number well. this week? The number is 68%. 68%. It hasn't, okay. It hasn't, it hasn't moved a lot. I don't, and, and by the way, I don't know if you remember, but on last week's show, I told everybody I was getting concerned about the market and you can go back yeah, and listen to the right. podcast. Yep. It's on, uh, yes. it's, yep, you did. It's on my website. <laughs> All right. You can listen to it where I said I was getting nervous and I moved to a lot of cash. Yeah. And so I am, I'm roughly half cash right now. And, and that includes the pure growth portfolio. Um, and, and so that's how we haven't, uh, haven't seen a bigger drop with the markets backing off a little bit. Yeah. Cause it's been um, a bit of a rough week out there. It, it has been. And I, I'm not convinced that, that, uh, craziness is over. Uh, all the indicators that I'm looking at looks like it could continue for another three, four weeks. And, and so I'm being careful right now. I've, I've got a high cash position. Like I said, I'm still about half in the market. Um, but I've got about half my portfolio my own portfolios, I, I also buy these same stocks from this methodology. I buy them myself. And all of my accounts, for corporate accounts, Roth accounts, health savings accounts, individual accounts, all of them are buying the same stocks that I'm recommending and that I put in my clients' accounts. Wow. Well, again, I mean, that, that's a, again, that's a discussion that you can have with with Kevin as well. You can give him a call, 800-975-6717. Uh, the book is out there. Is, is, is it out officially or is it? It, it is out. It, it is, is out. out. It is available. All right. So it's called yes. The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. It is certainly worth a phone call to get a copy of that. Um, I look forward to getting my copy and and uh, because it, I, I just think it, I just think it's so important. And, and I, you know, the older I get, the more I realize. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, Long-term care—it's a thing. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a thing, and, and and you know what? I'm sure everybody listening—if if you wind up in a sit, you know that you have to need that care, you're gonna want to go to the nicest places, right? Oh my gosh, you, yes. You, you don't want to go to a government, state-run facility if you can avoid it, um, because they're really—they're just you know—it's just not a place depressing. that you want. <laughs> It, it, yeah, they are. They are. And, and, but I'll tell you what, some of the higher end ones, the nicer ones, they're like resorts. They're, they're right. pretty darn nice. They have exactly. gourmet chefs, you know, gourmet chefs make all your meals and, you know, so that that's what I'm going for. If I've got to go to a facility like that, it's going to be a nice one. Going to be a nice one. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, folks, if you want to learn more, 800-975-6717, give Kevin a call. Uh, the Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care is uh, the name of the book. I'm sure we'll continue talking about that. And I look forward to next week to get the update on uh, pure growth as well. Yes, definitely, definitely, guys. And I appreciate you all listening. And uh, everybody stay safe out there. 
information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.